Welcome to Carved to Beautify, a podcast designed to encourage and inspire young people like you to seek a deeper relationship with God and discover His purpose for your life. I'm your host, Alyssa Tangway, and I'm so excited to share this episode with you and introduce you to my new friend, Mrs. Janie Pitts. She's an amazing and fun person who brings a variety of skills, life experience, and wisdom to this virtual table that we sit at every couple of weeks. My goal is to help you feel as if you were sitting here with us, drinking some tea, laughing, and experiencing Jesus together. We hope you are blessed by this episode entitled, Deeply Defined. Janie, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say, and I'm just really intrigued by this topic. So thank you. And we're going to start with some intro questions. So first of all, where are you from and what do you do in life? Awesome. Alyssa, first, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And this is so much fun. Um, So yes, to answer your questions, um, what do I do and where am I from? I am a missions pastor in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. um, And I work on staff with my husband. He's a biblical spirituality pastor, um, which means basically he's over like small groups, men's ministry, um, and a lot of other random things in the church. Um, But I do missions, which is a really, really cool job um, because I get to go all over the world and all over my community telling people about Jesus. So it's a really cool job. Um, And I also work with the women's ministry, um, but I've really only done that since January, 2020. For the first 11 years we were at the church, I was the student pastor. And I loved it. I worked with grades uh, seven through 12, and then I also worked with the college students. So that was super fun. And just in, in 2019, I felt like the Lord calling me, you know, to, to move to missions. So that's what I do. But I also um, have written a book, which I think that's why we're talking today. And we'll talk more about that. It's called Deeply Defined, Understanding Who You Are in Christ. Um, and I guess we'll get to that in a minute. But I'm located in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and which is the town where I grew up. And uh, we've been here for, mm, I guess, 13 and a half years now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a long time to be in one place. <laughs> it really is. Who knew, right? Like, we never knew that the Lord would be like here. And it's my hometown. So that's kind of a, a cool thing. My parents are still here. And it's just, it's it's been a blessing. That is so, so great. I love it. So I'm going to add a question here because I didn't know that you travel. So can you tell us what is one place that you've traveled to that was like your favorite? Okay, it's so hard to pick a favorite. Um, I, in October alone, we went to, I took a team of 10, they were fabulous, um, to New York, and we worked in Hell's Kitchen, which is in Manhattan. It's like just south and to the left of Central Park is where Hell's Kitchen is um, on the island of Manhattan. And we worked with homeless, and that was amazing. Uh, But then also in October, I went to Vitry, France, which was super cool. Um, I'm going to Kenya in March. Probably though, my favorite place on the earth. um, I grew up doing missions. My dad was an eye surgeon and my mom was a surgical nurse. 
And so I'm from the youngest of four. And so they would always take one of us kids with them. And we would work in the eye clinic passing out glasses. And we went to Zimbabwe, um, which is the in the southern part of Africa. And that's probably out of everywhere I've been in the world. That probably is the place that has my heart the most. Mm, I'm sitting here going, how do I do this job? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I let, and it's so cool because my entire job is to tell people about Jesus. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. So that is yeah, crazy. it's great. <laughs> so well, I have two more intro questions since I added one. So we'll just go through these quickly. Um, first of all, what is a strength that you have and a weakness that you are working on? I like for everyone to be as authentic as possible um, on this podcast. And I was like, you know what? We don't really do a lot about strengths and weaknesses. So I'm going to start adding that question to some of them. And you get the first, you're the first one. <laughs> hey, all right. Okay. Well, and it's funny because mine is kind of two sides of, of the same coin. Um, a strength of mine is that I am, I am, the joke is that I love to boss people around. I'm not a bossy person, <laughs> but I'm very direct. And a leader. So if I, yeah, I'm a leader. And so, and I'm used to telling people what to do and them doing it. And which is really funny because I'll do it to my husband and he'll just sit there and look at me and like, babe. And I'm like, oh, sorry, hon. <laughs> and, uh, but so I can be very direct. Um, and, but that's also a very, it's, it's a strength because you know, when people are under me, they know exactly what's expected of them, what they're going to do, uh, how to do it, all that. But the weak point of that is uh, that with, you know, my kids or my husband, because my kids are, they're not kids anymore. I have an 18 year old and a 21 year old. And um, so they're both grown. And a lot of times I'll have to really catch myself as to not be directive with what I think they should do. And instead I have to, I'm growing in asking questions and listening and not giving my opinion if they haven't asked for it. So that's, <laughs> so it's a strength, but it's also a, a challenge. Yes. That is so great. I love it. And finally, if you had to choose a favorite book of the Bible, what would it be and why? Okay. This is so hard for me because I love the Psalms. I love the Psalms. If I'm ever super upset or stressed or worried, I'm going to open to the Psalms and flip around until I find one because there's always a Psalm that fits whatever situation that you're in. So I love the Psalms, but I also love first Peter, probably because it's very direct, but I love first Peter, <laughs> love the book of James, um, love the book of John. And oddly enough, I love the book of Exodus, because it describes all of this. I'm really into biblical culture, and it really lays the foundation of so many things that the Israelite people are supposed to do. And it talks a lot. You can learn a lot about the holiness of God and and what it really means to have a relationship with him if, if you're reading Exodus. So that's like five favorite books. Is that okay? Can I, can I, narrow it? can I just have my top five? <laughs> sure. We can go with that. Awesome. I love that you have so many favorite books. And I think that that explains a lot behind 
your the book that you just wrote like I think now it makes a little bit more sense um but I I was looking on your website and I saw all the stuff about the book and about your the the teachings about the different words and all that and we'll get into that but honestly I was actually more struck by a title and I don't remember what part of your website I saw it on but I think it was like the part where it gives topics that you are you know you talk about or, you know, yeah, somebody that I speak you. on. Yeah. yeah same thing. And it said, one of the topics was what it means to live in wisdom. And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> and I yeah. sat there and I stared at it and I was like, what does that mean? So yeah. I really like for you to unpack that a little bit. And can you talk about uh, what that means and maybe how that has related to your journey or maybe how, you know, it related to now you writing and speaking, um, anything that you have to explain what it means to live in wisdom. Yes. All right. So in this book, um, and just to kind of give an overview of what the book is, it's called deeply defined and it's called, um, and then there's a byline that says understanding who you are in Christ and deeply defined. It actually stands for two different things. One, what the book does is it takes all these words that Christians use all the time, but we can't really explain like grace, mercy, holiness, peace. And it explains them using biblical culture and Greek and Hebrew, but it's not boring or stuffy. I use, you know, uh, stories and, you know, you might laugh a little, you might cry a little. Um, so in, in very personal illustrations, to kind of get these things across because the goal is for the reader to first of all understand what these words are so that they the words themselves are actually deeply defined but then also to apply these words to their life so that the reader can become deeply defined by who Jesus says that we are, people of grace, people of wisdom, people of joy, because we want to be those things. But if we don't know what those things are, we're not going to know how to do it. So that's mm -hmm. what the whole book is about. And it's got 30 chapters and I define over 50 different words. Um, and in the back of the book, I actually even have a little definition section. So when you're having your quiet time or you're reading your Bible, you can, and you're like, oh, Grace, what does that mean again? You can flip to it in the back of the book and that way you don't have to try to find it, you know, on page 142 or whatever random place it is, you know, you can flip to it and then write it in your Bible so that you can have it. And the more you can do that, I think the more that you'll be able to apply it. But there's four chapters in the book about wisdom. The first one is I compare wisdom with foolishness. Um, and what's really cool is the Hebrew word for foolishness is Nabal, um, which if it sounds familiar, it's that was Abigail's um, husband before she married David, David, and he was like a real jerk and he was very <laughs> foolish. The word actually means foolish. And so, have you ever thought of that? Like, how did this man get named that? Or was that a nickname or like, <laughs> right? Right. Did they change it when he was, yeah, became a jerk? I don't know, but yeah, just not. Um, so that's foolishness. And it also means that word. It doesn't just mean foolish. It means to wither or to wear out because mm -hmm. when you're acting foolishly, 
you are going to get worn out. You're going to get tired. You're going to have to cover your tracks. You're going to have to, you know, and plus you're probably not going to look as cute as normal either because you're trying to, you know, cover your tracks and, and whatever. So that's foolishness. Wisdom, um, in short, is judging correctly and following the best course of action. So you have what is wise and what is based on truth and what God says versus the stuff that is stupid and it's going to wear you out. And so that's like one, one chapter. Um, and then the next one is wisdom in fear. And people are like, wait a minute, really? There's wisdom in fear. I thought we weren't supposed to be afraid. Well, the Bible, it also talks about fearing the Lord. And so I talked about negative fear and positive fear. Negative fear um, is when we're scared of what people are going to think, what they're going to say. You know, it's all about kind of self-preservation. Positive fear draws us to the Lord. Everybody that sees the Lord, you know, in the Bible, first of all, they end up on their face, but they don't run away. You know, negative fear makes us run away from a situation. Positive fear is fear of the Lord that helps us live in all and understand his holiness and it draws us to him. And when, when we have that positive fear and we're drawn to him, we're going to learn more about him and we're going to grow deeper in our wisdom. So, the, you know, there's, there's wisdom versus foolishness. And then that wisdom in that godly fear of that awe of the Lord. But then the Bible also talks about how wisdom and humility are are related and you can't have one without the other and in the book i have you like look at there there's verses and i even have you draw kind of a parallel thing and i don't want to give too much away but <laughs> it, it's really cool because it you're like oh wow okay i you know i shouldn't just walk around and not be cocky because it would be a jerk thing to do but i should be humble because that's the wise way to live that's the way the lord wants us to live um mm -hmm. and then finally i end with wisdom and joy and how when we live the way that the lord wants us to live which is in that truth of of the lord and in doing what is right and and in the knowledge because knowledge is just experiencing what the Lord says to do and the wisdom is learning from that. And so when you do that, the Lord blesses us with, with a life of joy. It's not going to always be joyous because we're not always going to be wise. Right. But we do have that, that inner joy of the Lord when we walk in his ways and when we walk in his wisdom, that if we're being stupid and foolish, we're not going to have. So, yeah, I mean, living, living in wisdom is a life that's based in the truth of, of who the Lord says that you are, um, living a life that is humble, living a life to where we are in awe of the Lord and we're drawn to him to the point to where we're not afraid of what other people are going to think. Instead, we're going to be in awe and live in fear of the Lord. And that is going to give us joy. And all of that comes from, from wisdom. So there you go. <laughs> wow. So basically living a life in wisdom is not just being wise, <laughs> like being smart. It's a lot of yeah, other things. So much more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's living your whole life to glorify the Lord. That's what wisdom is. Yeah. Wow. So how did you become interested 
in all these different biblical definitions and especially to the point of authoring a book? Well, I, okay, so I told you I was a youth pastor for a long time, for 11 years. And on Wednesday nights, we would always do these series. And I wrote a series called Defined because I realized, hey, you know what? These these students and even, even their parents really um, don't know words that we use. We can't explain them. And then I thought, well, can I really explain them well? You know, I would kind of falter through them. And I thought, okay, this is something we all could use and learn from. And so it was supposed to be a six-week study. And I ended up, I think it was a 12 or 14-week study because everybody loved it. Like parents started coming in. I mean, it was crazy. And uh, and I finally had to cut it short because I was like, okay, we've got to move on from this. You know, this is this is great. <laughs> I'm glad you love it, but we're going to get bored eventually. So we got to move on. So we did. And I just kept in my head, I just kept thinking about um, these definitions and how important it is and how a bigger audience than just people in Hopkinsville needed to hear it. And then I, that thought process moved from a thought process to more of a heart process. And I felt, felt like it was the Lord saying, Janie, you need, you need to put pen to paper. You need to write this book. And um, I mean, I have a journalism degree from college, my undergrad, and then I have a master's degree from seminary. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm equipped, you know, I guess I've never written a book, but we can try. So um, I didn't get in a hurry about it. And I uh, took two years to write the book. Most of it, most of the time, I would wake up at like four or five in the morning, because I would just have something burning in my heart. Um, and I would get up and I would, and I would write. And of course there was tons of research. I mean, if you're defining 50 words in the Greek and Hebrew and, you know, all of that, there's tons of research time too, but, um, yeah. And I was going to call it defined, but then, um, Priscilla Shire came out with her book called defined. And I was like, well, <laughs> that won't work. So then I was like, what am I going to call it? And my husband was like, we'll call it, call it deeply defined. And I was like, that's even better. So anyway, that's, that's how the title and the book came to be. That is so great. I just, I love that you put in there, um, cause I know we're going to talk about tips for writing books later, but I love that you put in there that you weren't in a rush, um, and that you yeah, really like all. let it take the time it needed to, um, to just come like you were saying, and that's really crazy, but also really cool that it would come at all hours of the day and night. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it did too. I mean, most of it was written between probably four and seven in the morning. So, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Well, I guess, you know, if you think back on like the pioneers of the churches and stuff, I mean, a lot of them did a lot of their writing early, you know, they didn't have the electricity, most of them to sit up late at night and they definitely didn't have a computer. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. That is really cool. So can you give us a couple of examples um, that you have defined and maybe how this type of knowledge or these words after you've, you know, done all the research that you talked about and defined them, how has that impacted your relationship with God or how could that impact ours, you know, if we're reading and learning these things too? 
Yeah. So the the first word that I that I start the book with, the book kind of goes on a ride. It's it kind of um, it, it takes you on a journey. And so I knew if we were talking about being deeply defined in Christ, we first had to define who the Lord is. And you can't define him. He's undefinable. He, we cannot understand him. That's part of what makes him God, right? And us human is that we are never going to fully understand him this side of heaven. So I was like, okay, then we need to describe attributes of God. And the first one, of course, that I thought of was holiness. And so the first three and a half chapters talk about holiness, which basically is what it, what it means to break it down is um, holiness is being above and beyond, separate above and beyond, but reaching into interlocked. And mm-hmm. so when we talk about the Lord is holy, he is separate from humanity because he created humanity, right? He's above it. He's beyond it in, in wisdom and knowledge. He lives outside of time. He created time, but yet he chooses to reach in and interact with us because he's a personal God. And we see that, you know, at the very beginning in Genesis, when he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden, we see it uh, through Jesus Christ who came down and walked around and showed us how to live. And, and, you know, he died on a cross, but beat sin and rose three days later. I mean, that is, boy, you talk about interacting, you know, um, and so the whole, the whole thing of holiness and the Lord is important for us to understand because even though we're not above and beyond other people, we are called to be holy as he is holy, which means we need to be separate from other people, separate from the world. We need to live differently. Our thought processes need to be different. Our, you know, how we act needs to be different, how we talk. Um, what we do, we need we need to be different, but yet we don't need to go, you know, lock ourselves up in a hole. We need to still interact with others to share the love of Christ because, I mean, that's what the Lord did. We saw him doing that. Um, so holiness is how it all starts. Um, and then, you know, in the book, I define sin and get into that. We talk about confession. We talk about repentance because that's two things that is super important, but a lot of people don't talk about a lot and people don't know how to do it. And so I wanted, if we're going to be deeply defined, we've got to know how to do that. I also talk about forgiveness and I use three Hebrew words and then one Greek word to explain forgiveness. Um, the, the first Hebrew word that is used for forgiveness in the Bible actually means to be carried away like, um, a wheat and a chaff, you know, how we always hear about that in the Bible, that the wheat is important, but the chaff is not in the wind we carried away. So when we talk about forgiveness, um, it means that the Lord can carry our sins away. And I think that's a beautiful picture mm-hmm. for us is that we are still there and that, you know, that wheat is, is meaningful and valuable and it stays. And so uh, we stay and we can stay close to the Lord, but that, that sin just gets 
gets carried away from us, which is beautiful. Um, another word for forgiveness um, in the Hebrew language actually means covered. And it's, you know, like we say, covered by the blood of the lamb. Um, and so, or we'll say, you know, Christ covers your sins. And so that means forgiveness too. So it could be carried away. It could be covered. The other Hebrew word um, means pardoned, which basically means that there's no spirit of reciprocation. Um, it's not this, well, they did this, so I'm going to do this and get back at them, you know, back and forth, because nobody would say that's forgiveness. You know, um, people would be like, oh, wow, that's not very nice, you know. Um, but so the pardoned is when you're completely forgiven and there's no reciprocation for the evil that's been done. So carried away, covered, or pardoned, all are Hebrew words for forgiveness. But a Greek word also means separated from. You know, and the Bible tells us as far as the East is from the West is how, you know, how far our sins are carried away. And that's, that's beautiful too. So that forgiveness, it's really important for us to understand forgiveness and to understand if we're going to be deeply defined by who the Lord has told us that we're going to be, that we are, we can be forgiven. If we, you know, confess and repent and we go to the Lord, he doesn't see us through the eyes of that sin anymore. We've confessed, we've repented, we've acknowledged, we've changed, we've turned around and he just sees us as a loving father looking at his child. And so we don't need to hold on to that guilt or that shame because God is there when we run to him and confess and repent, he's there to forgive every single time. So that's one of the really important words, you know, that, that we as Christians need to know so that we don't live in, in shame or embarrassment, or we try to define ourselves by who we used to be, but we define ourselves by who Jesus says we are. Wow, that is so beautiful. And I feel like it also um, changes perhaps the way we view other people. <laughs> I know yes. that's what's really, that's more of what's running through my head right now. It's like, oof, okay, well, if that's what forgiveness means, I don't know that I'm doing such a great job. You know? yeah. yeah, it's challenging. It's really, really challenging, you know, but that's if we're going to be, you know, deeply defined, we got to try to rise to the challenge. And, you know, that's cool, too, is that God doesn't expect perfection. He wants us to be obedient. And so, you know, there's room for forgiveness because he knows we're going to try and he knows sometimes we're going to fall flat on our face. But as long as we get back up, you know, acknowledge what we did and try not to do that again. That's what's going to allow us to grow in the Lord. So, yeah. Yeah. That is just so cool. And I'm so glad that you've taken the time to put this. Obviously, I haven't read your book yet, but just hearing you talk about it and, and describe it, I'm excited because I feel like, like you said, it's not stuffy like you seem to have a gift for putting it into layman's terms <laughs> and, <laughs> in ways that the common man and common woman can can understand without having a degree in greek or whatever um so yeah i'm really excited about that part because i think that um that's i i feel like that's one of the reasons that a lot of people don't dig deeper is because like they don't really know how or the 
the resources that they've tried to use weren't very user friendly, you know, and I'm just I think this sounds really cool because it seems like you've really taken the time to break things down and just, yeah, make it easy to understand. Well, and that was the goal because I mean, the and I'm kind of a Bible nerd, so theology and stuff like that, I love it. But when you read it, it it's really dry, you know? And so it's <laughs> like, okay. So, I mean, I use, yeah, I, all kinds of stories and, and, and stuff like that. The, it, it's pretty intense at first. The holiness chapters are, are pretty intense. The book has 30 chapters and there's a couple of ways, you know, that you can read it. Like I have um, a couple of friends who have read it and what they do is they take one chapter a day. The chapters are short, so you can read it between five and 10 minutes, probably five uh, minutes a chapter, really, if you're like a normal to maybe a little bit fast reader um, and do it as our quiet time because there's scriptures all throughout, you know, and things like that. Um, or you can do it as a study, which we can, we can talk about later because I have stuff on my website that'll help people turn it into a study. Um, but I spoke at a college a couple of weeks ago and college students love this book. Um, like late high school, like juniors, seniors, and then, um, in high school and then college students. Um, because I think that's the age where you're really, especially if you're a Christian, you're serious about your faith, you want to grow in your knowledge, but you don't want to read something that's super boring. And so mm -hmm. hopefully this book hit, hit that on the head. That's what I was aiming for, you know? I love it. That is, that is so amazing. Like that you're even getting this into the hands of younger, you know, I say younger. Awesome. <laughs> I'm not yeah, that really far awesome. removed from that age, but like <laughs> from younger, younger folk, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, this is a series we did. I did, you know, I mean, I did it with a teenager. This is a little bit more involved than what I did with the teenagers. But yeah, I mean, this is totally like a 15 year old could read this and totally get it. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So what tips do you have for young women who maybe have a dream to write and publish or who are writing? Maybe it's a blog. Maybe they're submitting, you know, small pieces. I know that there are several people that listen to this podcast and they are either in the midst of writing or, are, you know, that's their dream to someday write. And I know I've sort of dabbled in that myself. So what kinds of tips do you have now that you've been through that I don't know did you self-publish did you use a publisher like how can you kind of break that journey down for us yeah I did um when I first started writing the book I had no idea how I was gonna publish it I just thought well I'll figure that out as it gets to the end um once I got to the end because I felt like the Lord had called me to write this book I didn't want to self-publish. Um, and it actually is kind of a God story. It's, it's a neat story. Um, I um, went through a, just kind of a series of emails uh, with a couple of different people and just saying, hey, you know, do, do you know anybody? How do I get started? Because I really didn't, even though I have a journalism degree, I really didn't have a clue how to get started. And I had a kind of friend, person, sort of friend, um, that I kind of know, not that we're kind of friends, but that I kind of know them. That's a better way to put it. Um, somebody that I kind of know that said, hey, you need to, you know, this is a friend of my mom's and 
you need to contact her. She works for uh, Morgan James Publishing. And I was like, okay, great. Her name is Karen Anderson. She's fabulous. She's like, when you meet her, you just want to be her. She's this fantastic <laughs> human being. Um, anyway, and I talked with her for probably about an hour and a half. And she gave me some tips on my manuscript was finished. And she was like, you know what, make these changes and then send it into us. And I was like, great. So this is the first place that I sent my book. And I knew I had heard somewhere along the way that JK Rowling, um, you know, the Harry Potter person, um, had gotten 68 no's before she got a yes. And so the joke was, okay, I'm going to get 68 no's and then I'll finally get picked up by some random, you know, publisher. <laughs> and so I sent my book off after talking to Karen and, and tweaking the things that she told me to tweak. And she called me back about a week and a half later and she said, Jenny, we want to pick you up. So that's not normally for everybody, but the fact that I felt like the Lord was calling me to write this book and then he had opened doors for me to, to meet certain people. And then that, you know, Morgan James picked it up immediately. Um, it was kind of almost a whiplash of what they're going to right now. They're going <laughs> to not six months from now, um, you know, and so that was kind of a neat surprise, kind of just a God thing. Um, and throughout this whole process, I just saw the Lord leading part of my prayer for this book and anybody else who is called to write a book, whether it's a Christian book or it's a fiction or a biography, whatever it is, um, I would encourage you to pray and ask the Lord, okay, show me the direction that you want me to go. Don't let me get, my prayer was don't let me get behind you and don't let me get ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And that was something that really for uh, probably the last year, that I was writing um, because that's when I did start thinking about, okay, what are you, what are you going to do here? Um, and I knew if I self-published, it would only be on Amazon and I wanted it for the masses. And so Morgan James is this phenomenal, I would tell anybody to go with Morgan James is a phenomenal company. Um, and uh, they get it into, like my book will be in Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. You can get it on Amazon. It's at Walmart. It's Well, it's on online at Walmart, at Target, and other places too. And if you self-publish, you just don't have that. Mm. Um, another thing that I would tell you if you're writing a book is to understand the timeline. I had no idea what the timeline was. Um it takes once you get picked up by a publisher, it takes about a year for you to get full into bookstores. Um, like I submitted this to Morgan James and got accepted. I think I signed my contract in February or March. I'm not really sure, but it was it was a, a while ago, nine or 10 months ago. Um, and then you have to go through all this process and the company walks with you through it. It's great. Um, but there's all this stuff that you don't think about that you have to do, like 
who writes the stuff on the back of the cover? You do. Who writes the stuff, you know, that talks about the author? You do. Who writes stuff that they, that the company has when they're, you know, promoting it for booksellers to pick you up? You do. So it's all the stuff that you just don't think about. Um, and so be prepared for that. It's fun. Um, it can either stress you out or you can take it with a skip in your step that, I cannot believe that the Lord has allowed me to do this. Yes, we're going to go. And so have a good attitude and just keep going and ride the excitement train the whole time. Um, like right now, my book is only out on Kindle or like a Nook, you know, an e-version um, right now, which is awesome because it's actually cheaper. It's like $8.50 or something. Um, but to get an actual copy of the book, um, those don't come out until February 15th. Now, I have copies, but I've just kind of handed that out to people in my hometown. Um, but so you can either order it, you know, on Amazon or something like that, or you can just go and you can get the Kindle right now. So that's an advantage of using a publisher rather than self-publishing is that it, it helps you get it out more to the masses. Um, and then, of course, what they say, writing is rewriting. And that is so true. I mean, I rewrote, especially those holiness chapters that were so daunting. I probably rewrote those 10, 12 times. You know, I mean, that's just what you do. And that's okay. And, you know, sometimes I would wake up and I would write for two hours and then I would trash it all. And that's okay. Don't get frustrated. That's, it's a process. It's a journey. And so, yeah, and enjoy it. Just enjoy. Oh, and read a lot. Read a lot. Um, just because it makes you a better writer. So that's what I would tell people. Well, thank you. I mean, just even for me, that's super helpful. And I'm sure that there will be a lot of other people that are like, oh, yes. <laughs> this is what <laughs> I was needing to hear. So, and I'm really glad you, you specified about self-publishing versus like going with a publishing company because I've been wondering about that for a while. So I'm glad that you kind of explained what the difference is there. Yes, it's there's there's a big difference. And you know, it's it's really what you want to do. I think self-publishing for some people is absolutely perfect. Um it's just for me, I wanted to go ahead and 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 get a publisher. So that for me that was my route and I'm so glad that I did it. So if you had one last piece of advice to offer a young lady, or maybe there's some guys that are going to listen to this too, but we'll assume it's ladies, um, to <laughs> offer a young lady for how to dig deeper into her faith and her relationship with God, what would that be? Yeah. Um, have, have that time with the Lord every single day. Don't just rely on your small group. Don't just listen to, you know, praise music, get in your Bible, get, um, get a quiet time guide, um, you know, get something that'll help you help guide you to do that and do it every single day, do it at the same time, every single day. Um, when I was a teenager and a college student, man, I had a quiet time, but mine was always at night. Um, since I had kids somewhere along the way, I shifted to the morning. Um, and I think either way is fine. I mean, you could do it after school. You could do it, you know, whatever you wanted. But if you have a consistent time, I think that helps. Um, and that quiet time helps you grow with the Lord um, and pray. And when you pray, 
don't just ask for things, but also acknowledge who the Lord is. Start out your prayer. You know, the Lord's prayer starts out, you know, um, holy is your name. And that's a praise. And so start out your prayers and just name some things that God has been to you that week. You know, was he healer? Did you have a bad cold? And, you know, you're better now. Was he, um, was he, you know, protector? Were you, you know, like were some girls talking about other girls, but they didn't talk about you or, you know, was he truth for you? Did he give you joy? Did he give you peace? Um, have you felt his love? You know, um, things like that. And start your prayer with that because then you're focused on him. And I think that when we focus on him and just not ourselves the whole time, um, that allows us to grow deeper too. So yeah, quiet time, be consistent with it, you know, read your Bible, pray. Um, and I mean, and be involved in your church, man, get involved in your youth group and your college ministry, do a Bible study, um, you know, but whatever is get with other believers because we're there to spur each other on. And I mean, we're there to hold each other accountable too. And so I think if you're doing all of that, you're going to have this really cool, balanced spiritual life where you're going to see a lot of growth. Hmm. Yeah, growth is, that's definitely, <laughs> that is the goal. And I love, I love that you pulled in all the different points, like fellowship with others, time with God, you know, time for reflection. Like that's, it's like the, the good little package there of all the different yeah. things. Yeah. That we need it's the party so. package. It's, it's the Jesus <laughs> party package. Yeah. <laughs> so we sort of touched on this because I know you said your book can be found um, on Kindle and those things, but more broadly, how can people connect with you if they want to um, follow you and your ministry or the book and when it's, you know, coming out in the print form or like social media, what, what ways do you have that they can connect with you? Yes, I would love to connect with them. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. It's official Janie Pitts, and Janie is spelled J-A-N-E-Y. Um, and then last name Pitts, like Brad Pitt, but with an S. Um, so official Janie Pitts, that's Facebook and um, Instagram. And then you can check out my website at JaniePitts.com. Um, and, you know, if you want to do the book, like as a Bible study with your friends, I would suggest reading five chapters during the week, like one every day, Monday through Friday or something. And then if, if you do it like on a Sunday night or something, um, then you can get together on a Sunday night and, and talk about it. But there's free resources on my website that you can download that will help you in your small group. There's there's six small group weeks that you can get and download. And that's www.janiepets.com. So you can do that. Um, and if you want to have a listening guide just for fun, if you're a Spotify, I'm a huge Spotify girl. Um and so I made a deeply defined playlist on Spotify. It's just a bunch of songs, this worship songs. And then also yeah, like Toby Mac, you know, on there. Mm -hmm. um, but it's words that are in the book that are defined. And it's just kind of fun to listen to as you're reading the book. That is such a smart idea. Like what a cool extra little special yeah. thing. Like just a fun little thing get in your car drive around get some starbucks and yeah it's fun and be deeply defined while you're doing it and be <laughs> deeply defined that's right <laughs> well thank you so much for joining me today this has been so fun i feel like i've learned things and i hope that 
the people who are listening have also been inspired to dig a little deeper in their um, spiritual life and also in God's word and just um, really, like you said, putting definitions to this, really knowing what our faith is and why and where it came from. Um, And so I just really appreciate you sharing today. Uh, Well, Alyssa, thanks so much for having me. This is just a blast. Don't forget to follow Carved to Beautify on Facebook or Instagram. Check out our blog, subscribe on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, and leave a rating or review so that others can enjoy these episodes too. Until next time, may the God of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Blessings as you beautify the world.